0: Hello and welcome to Consumer Choice Radio, broadcasting across North America and right there in your pockets by the podcast feed. I'm one half of your host, Yael Ososki, coming to you from a uh, snowy winterland, and I'm joined as always by my colleague David Clement. We saw each other uh, rather briefly this week, David, on the Euro continent, uh, but you're uh, you're back home, settled up, and uh, looking looking nice there in Toronto, Ontario. How goes it?
1: No, it's good. It's good. Tired. A um, whirlwind trip to and from. Uh, Brussels, um, luckily we, we missed the chaos of them getting, uh, eliminated from the world cup and, and uh, folks rioting <laughs> that would have so we been We missed fun.
0: getting eliminated by a couple of riots, getting clipped. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. Feeling pretty good. Uh,
0: there's a lot of stuff that's been happening. Uh, I know for you, David, you've been very busy writing articles, uh, getting stuff out there. I've had a couple of interviews. Yeah, um, I, I guess uh, you know it's been, been a while since you hit up the European continent. Anything you uh, you want to give to the to the listeners about uh, any of your impressions of the European continent or how Ooh. things were? Or was it hmm. just too much of a whirlwind for you?
1: I mean, it was it was pretty quick, uh, pretty quick turnaround. Um, definitely love love the scooters uh, in Brussels. Love the scooters. Um, those were fun. Um, Big scooter fan, and yeah. I think
0: I was there when you uh, when the first time uh, you went from scooter virgin to uh, to the first time use. I think it was in DC.
1: Yes, uh, so yes. Yeah. It's great to
0: see you come full circle and still ride those babies.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was great. Um, other than that, I mean, it was one of those look trips. out, look out, everybody! It's David. <laughs> it was one of those trips where it's hard to uh, it's hard to take much in, other than. Um, I got some some very nice Belgian chocolate, uh, nice little Advent calendar, which uh, I'm excited to um, to dig into. Um, yeah, now I'm now I'm back home, uh, back home in what uh, what is, what is very dreary Southern Ontario right now. But uh, Give me it's a December. Break. F- <laughs> they can't have news. Nothing happens in Canada. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly um so yeah yeah all in all is it, it was a good trip it was a good trip no complaints
0: well very good glad to have you uh back and um back in your your stool there and you got all kinds of stuff and i know you got to work on and um it's a winter wonderland as i mentioned before i already got the snow here where i am so oh, snow has wow. fallen yeah oh, we'll m- see if it sticks um i'll let you know once i take the car out for a spin later and maybe i'll spin
1: <sighs> more snow um, for you than for me at this moment
0: Okay, yeah, things will change. You'll probably get it at some point. Uh, But David, I wanted to go right into it. Uh, A couple things happened online Uh, uh, in the internet world. Uh It seems like like Kanye West found himself in a bit of a pickle and Uh, uh, currently suspended. Yeah. um,
1: I mean, he kind of just went full... Nazi. <laughs> He's
0: I don't know what's going on there, but I will say he he did have some comments about uh, Hitler and Nazis that were somewhat positive. Um so I figured for commentary on this well, David I play just, a clip.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, was going to say play the play the clip so people can truly see or sorry, hear how um Oh no! How I'm not crazy. Play the clip. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, "Well, I mean, if we play the clip, but I have to go." Then, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. All right, I'll I'll let you explain to listeners what's what the heck's going on here.
0: Well, essentially, he was invited onto the Alex Jones program. Uh, Alex Jones, who is a, a radio start. broadcaster, <laughs> that uh, has been for uh, a long time. And... That, that
1: might be the most generous description of Alex Jones I've ever heard. Well, he's
0: still highly syndicated, you know, on uh, on normal uh, radio dials. Also, and, broke. Uh, he has. <laughs> also has himself been uh, deplatformed in a good amount, not uh, much on the social medias, yeah. and um, for some reason he's been hooking up with Kanye lately. Kanye came on wearing a ski mask of all things. No idea what that's about. Nobody, nobody seemed to ask that question. No. Uh, maybe it's plausible deniability or something. <laughs> Uh, but then was bringing up all kinds of things about uh, Jewish peoples and, Hitler. I, you know, I think there's just a lot of people who might be Googling things today. I figured we could help them out um, for all of the listeners of this program. Uh, Norm MacDonald will help us out here.
1: 420 okay. was the birthday of Austrian born German politician and
0: the leader of the National Socialist German Workers Party. A fella went by the name of Adolf Hitler, uh, but this guy, there's a picture of him, Adolf Hitler,
2: very compelling kind of a figure, odd looking duck,
0: but there's something about his eyes, hypnotic. His eyes are almost entirely black. Um,
2: they, they play- he was
0: a decorated veteran of World War I.
1: And he joined the world. Hold the fort. He hated Jews.
0: (laughs) Okay. So uh, Norm Macdonald doing the uh, Google roundup that a lot of people are making today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, a lot of commentary about what's going on with Kanye. It just feels like we're watching a man have, and I don't say this lightly because it's not, it's not like fun to hypothesize about somebody else's mental health but it really does feel like we're just watching someone have a full-blown mental breakdown um and just turn into a lunatic um yeah I, I, that's the only way I can describe I mean the things that he's saying are just insane um and obviously wrong um but yeah it's just you're watching someone who was one of the Top recording artists of our generation just kind of self implode:
0: Yeah, and uh, he found himself in the, with a Twitter suspension, so he's kind of out there and yeah, I have nothing more to add. it's a, an interesting test of the content moderation game that uh, Elon Musk, as now uh, the owner of Twitter, is going to have to enter and understand and um, while I think all of us were. I'm somewhat excited about his approach of, you know, going for free speech. Uh, it's going to be tested
1: pretty immediately. Well, yeah. So <laughs> This is the test. I mean, I think he got dinged. He posted something. I believe it was a swastika inside a Star of David. And I don't know what he had said or posted about it. But I think that's ultimately what got him uh, suspended. But yeah, I mean, now, now Twitter is back into... Um, the test game of what what counts and what doesn't count um, for suspensions and so uh, it's going to get it's going to get pretty hot here uh, for a while as they sort all this out it's a strange world out there
0: yeah there's going to be a lot of sorting out and uh, right now it's all being done in front of us which is kind of interesting so um, there's all of that Um, Dave another thing that we talked about last couple of weeks um, we talked about Everything that was happening with FTX and uh, Sam Bankman Freed, and I, I don't want to go into uh, big explanations about it, but I have another clip that just kind of sums it up because we have seen a lot of mm-hmm. uh, fairly soft media coverage. And uh, mind you, if you know, if you and I have partnered up and put together a crypto exchange and uh, we're taking customer deposits and wiring it to another company and using that to make leverage trades, uh, pretty sure that we would be, you know, in jail
1: because you'd be in jail.
0: Um, So far, we don't have any indication that that's going to happen, but I wanted to play a clip. This is uh, from uh, Investor Guy. He's on CNBC. He just kind of lays it out for us. Uh, Mike Novogratz, um, because there's been a lot of interviews this week. I was up very late listening to a Twitter space where SBF himself showed up. It was about an hour and a half, and he's uh, essentially admitting to crimes. (laughs) I just don't know if anything's going to happen.
2: I sat there uh, trying to, still trying to, frankly, process so many of the different answers. Uh, uh,
0: for background, this is Andrew Ross Sorkin. He's a New York Times guy slash CNBC, and uh, he gave a, I would argue, fairly soft interview to SBF at this uh, New York Times deal book event. Uh, but we'll just play off this clip, and then we, we can wash our hands of that. ...that
2: uh, Sam Bankman-Fried provided yesterday. Uh, believable to you? Not believable? What was your immediate thought? What? Listen, Andrew, this is a young guy who's certainly in distress. Um, it was delusional. Like, let's be really clear. Sam is delusional about what happened and his culpability in it. Um, we could all be like dime store psychiatrists, right? There's a lot of narcissism there. There's a lot of grandiosity. But being a psychiatrist isn't going to really help, right? He needs to be prosecuted. Uh, he will spend time in jail. Uh, they perpetuated a large fraud. And it wasn't just Sam. You don't pull this off by, with one person. And so I'm hoping that the the authorities get to the bottom of this faster, not just for the sanctity of the crypto markets, but for all markets, right? Markets are based on trust. And when you have trust broken like this, it questions everyone else, right? People start looking for black swans everywhere. And so in some ways, this is the story of the moment because it is such a giant story. But it's, you know... You're you're seeing someone who's just spewing more lies. And it's listen, Sam's always been kind to me. He has a kind demeanor. That was part of the shtick. Uh, And I'm not saying he even planned this all like a criminal mastermind. What they did was criminal, and they need to be prosecuted for it.
0: I love anyone who uses shtick on television.
1: Well, the thing is, is I still don't understand, like, based on what we can see, um like what is publicly available now i still don't understand how i mean is is he just caught in some limbo where like he w- when he spoke at this event i assume it was not in the united states
0: or he did virtually uh he did virtual yeah
1: yeah okay so is there no extradition between bahamas and um oh there absolutely is i well, think then, what the, what the issue for? is is it's technically
0: registered only in the Bahamas. There is a U.S. entity, uh, but all of that has been put into bankruptcy proceedings. So there's probably, I mean, it's three weeks and look, the internet moves fast. Things move very quickly. Uh, But, you know, mind you, if this is uh, Donald Trump Jr. or something, I'm pretty sure he'd be in, in handcuffs right now.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he clearly defrauded. How many American, whether it be individual accounts or total dollar value, um, were defrauded? And so immediately it's a U.S. Um, it can be a U.S. In initiative. We're not talking about someone with a company registered in Bahamas who who ripped off a bunch of Europeans. And yeah, that's unfortunate from, let's say, the FBI's perspective, but there's not much they can do about it. This is in their wheelhouse. Um, and so the fact that there hasn't been an arrest yet. It just really undermines people's trust in the criminal justice system, especially the comparison. I'm I'm curious if you feel the same way, especially the comparison between white collar crime and other types of crime. It's like, oh, you could defraud someone of billions of dollars, and you're going to get the white glove. Um, But if you get caught selling cannabis or you get caught with the wrong illicit drug in your pocket they're going to slam you to the ground and you're going to go to jail
0: yeah i think that's right i think uh, what might be happening is they're just waiting for the mueller report to come out (laughs) oh boy (laughs) <laughs> the walls are closing <laughs> in. The walls are closing in. All right, we got pl- plenty more to come here on uh, Consumer Choice Radio. About a minute here before we have to go out for the break. Uh, David, I know you've got a couple of things that are moving and shaking up north. Um, I know that the the housing market seems to be in a better position. Um, obviously, inflation <sighs> is, is one thing, but um, I was reading uh, that, that things were looking a bit better. I, you tell me. You've got your eyes out there on the market.
1: I mean, a little bit better. I would still say um, the idea that it's more affordable now than it was at the peak of prices is still false. And I see a lot of people perpetuating this on on Twitter. Uh, It is not true because the increase in your mortgage payments um, offsets whatever price reductions we've seen so far. We still need more correction in order for affordability to get better. Um, So it's still not great. But yes, prices are going down a little bit.
0: Yeah, I I just have to wonder for those of you who are at home who might be beginning your Christmas shopping, you know, how that inflation is hitting a lot of those prices. And, you know, we had a lot of stops in the supply chain, a lot of things coming from China. Uh, So who knows how prices are looking there at the other end? I've been trying to avoid it. You know, I actually did not go as crazy as I thought I would on the the Black Friday deals or Cyber Monday or, or all that stuff that's available on on Prime. You know,
1: Prime Prime now.
0: But uh, you know, I was. <laughs> uh, who knows? I'll I'll you know be going gallivanting throughout the streets. I probably go buy something uh, uh, probably next week. But man, uh, hopefully people are not going to be too hard pressed for their cash because it's it's not a good time, and um, unfortunately for a lot of people, it might be very expensive this year.
1: Yeah yeah i hear you
0: so it goes all right well uh we got a couple other things to talk about david let's see um let's see how the time brings us because uh there's a lot of stuff that's hitting the the headlines uh we've got some some hearings that might be happening finishing up in canada justin trudeau on the hot stand oh boy that stuff's gonna be fun so uh, (laughs) you guys stay tuned we'll be right back here on consumer choice radio
1: And we are back on Consumer Choice Radio. Yeah, Before uh, the break, you alluded to uh, the conclusion or the wrapping up of the um, the Emergencies Act inquiry. Um, I have loosely followed this. Um, the whole thing seems—I um, don't know. It—it it just does not seem it feels like every day there's a new headline and like the momentum for each side swings. Um, so I'll give you one is like CSIS states that, um, and in their view, it didn't reach the threshold of national security emergency. Uh, and then it came out that they used a different definition to justify the use of the emergencies act. Um, pretty nefarious stuff. That's, that's pretty bad. Um, what's your take? It's really interesting
0: because uh, there's an article that came out. Uh, where was this? That was in the, the Conversation. It's one of these academic publications. And it talked about how it actually reveals a disturbing disregard of the public interest in this case. So actually, you, you haven't really had as much you know, viewership. You know, if, if this was something in the, in the mm-hmm. States and, you know, let's say Trump was on trial You'd you'd have a lot more eyeballs on it and unfortunately with many canadian things it's sort of this mix-up of bureaucracies and who knew what when and different information and there is no smoking gun necessarily everything's up to interpretation and it's all about what did the police demand or ask for what did the members of the cabinet you know what were their conversations So, unfortunately, there's going to be probably just a sternly worded report that will come out from this. I don't think there's, there's not really going to be any other accountability. I think that this, unfortunately, became something that a lot of people have either excused or because it's gotten so complicated, have have just kind of, you know, basically forgotten about, even though this, you know, took over the entire country and and many parts of the world. People are talking about this um, in February. Yeah earlier before that.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's really changed anybody's perspective. I think if you're if you were on the side of the Freedom Convoy, you you have you pick your spots and you see what you like and you kind of declare it a win. And then if you were in favor of the Emergencies Act, um, same thing. You could the the wins here and there in the uh in the inquiry process, you take those and you're like, "See, it was justified." And um, I don't know, the whole thing for me is the people who think it was justified because it worked, um, that is a really uncomfortable position for me, because anything, I mean, you and I have talked about this for a long time, but anything that you permit your team to do because it works, you have to envision the other team doing, Um, so how would Pierre Polyev use the precedent of the Emergencies Act if you really don't like Pierre Polyev or Stephen Harper or any other politician on the other side of the aisle who you do not like? Um that's a question you have to ask. Yeah, it's yourself. a crackdown and just imagine
0: it, a crackdown on environmental protesters or if these just oil people start, you know, running wild in Canada like they are in the UK. What yeah, would a, polyev, what would a to... polyev government do? And, you know, would they have the sort of necessary uh, procedures in place, or will they have the justification now that this is is already on the scoreboard? And that's a scenario yeah. we don't want. the The question is about government power and whether we limit government power, not about our team or you know whatever. Uh, look, you're going to be you're going to be so a, going against the government in Canada anyway, no matter what side you're on.
1: Here's a here's a hypothetical for you, and I want I want you to. Give me your view on what would happen um, next. So we're at Pearson Airport, it's 2025, midway through 2025. Pierre Polyev is prime minister, a bunch of climate activists with some organization, essentially log jam the airport, glue themselves to security machines or to the runway which we've seen in Europe. basically bring Pearson to a halt. What happens next?
0: Hmm. And this is under Poliev government, you say? Yeah. I mean, in this circumstance, there would be, whether it be RCMP or whomever federal authorities definitely be jumping in there. And it, it's at an airport, right? So I think RCMP has a bit more yeah. um, more authority there. I They'd definitely be going in there with you know, some hot water to get those hands off or getting some, some garden shears and cutting some folks up. Are, we, uh,
1: are they freezing bank accounts of, of let's, <laughs> so let's say it's an organ like a real, like it's a, a registered organization. It's an, it's not just like a, a loose knit group of ragtag um, people. It's like an actual um, organization. It, w- it wouldn't be Greenpeace because Greenpeace doesn't do that extreme stuff anymore. Um, not At least not as much as I've seen, but whomever it is, I may imagine the freezing of bank accounts of NGOs, the freezing of bank accounts of those who donated to that NGO, whether they supported gluing, people gluing themselves to runways or not. Um, it would be a huge scandal, and people would be talking about rights and, and, and how this is such an intrusion, and you'd probably hear the age-old thing, it's a threat to democracy, you that, that seems to be the the uh the tagline for anything we don't like um but yeah that scenario terrifies me not because i sympathize with the hypothetical environmental protesters but i really just don't love the idea of the federal government going in and just like shutting like doing the ripple effect and shutting down bank accounts and freezing things and locking people out of payment systems and it's like ooh. Okay, that's a very uncomfortable precedent. Oh, and then,
0: you know, the CBC or any of the other sort of government media entities, the downstream media, you know, they they would be number one in calling this an assault on citizens and civil liberties, and you'd have all all the experts come on and denounce what's happening. (sighs) Unfortunately, that's kind of how it is. You wish those same people would have been there uh, during the Freedom Convoy, but yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I have an I have another hypothetical Jesus, for this you, guy, which makes it even more. This guy's uncomfortable. got all kinds yeah. of stuff in his head. Man, where you been shopping for these? Faster prime, prime now. So the, so it's it's 2024. We have not had an election. Prime Minister Trudeau is still prime minister. Indigenous peoples flood Ottawa in protest for clean drinking water because there are still communities who don't have clean drinking water despite. Multiple promises, traffic comes to a halt um, businesses are kind of stuck because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people on the main streets. What does Trudeau do then? and I only say that because i'm i'm am i I'm a lot more sympathetic to that cause um because I think that that's a very legitimate one I mean I'm stuck here going well, I mean. That's probably a good one like yeah you you want policy change and how are you going to get it and it's been how many years and you've been waiting i mean that would be another test for anyone who thought the invocation of the emergencies act was good yeah and
0: that's exactly the
1: quote that came
0: out from the the when trudeau was put into the hot seat uh he was asked about that and he had mentioned um, in a clip that had gone around and hey i did my part too and saying hey look when you, when you have uh, people who are organizing or protesting, demanding a change to public policy, that is worrisome. So I think it's a value yeah. judgment because if now, it's on the right side, yeah, you know. But what if you had a? All right, let's uh, let me give you my own scenario. Let's say you had some, um, you know, some some partisans of the Chinese Communist Party who somehow have made their way to Canada or maybe they just walk out of the embassy. Yeah. And, uh, stage some, uh, some protest saying that we need to be arresting, you know, Chinese dissidents who happen to live in Canada and a uh, huge protest, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, whatever, they blocked the Montreal airport, you know, they put all their stuff on the ground and they say, Hey, we're not leaving until you arrest all these dissidents. You know, what's going to happen in that scenario?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's another doozy. Um, it, it, oh, there are no easy answers here, but the thing that strikes me about Trudeau's comment, now he did adjust his answer a little bit. Um, there is a second part of that clip where he kind of walks it back. But I think what bothers me is that that was like the unfiltered non-PR spin response. Like that was the first thing that came out of his brain was, yeah, it's actually worrisome if people are are protesting to make policy change. and Bad choice of words um but surely he cannot believe that because think of like where we wouldn't have cannabis legalization without the mass of 420 protests um that happened every year in major cities huge acts of civil disobedience demanding policy change and they got it uh and it was good that was that was good um and i'm glad those people do did that and Um, ordinary folks are forever in debt to the people who spent a long time putting, um, putting what they had on the line to make that happen. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like, well, actually I think people protesting for policy change is, is a good thing. Whether or not the freedom convoy in its totality equals that is up for debate because there were some crazy requests there, but, um, yeah, it's it's I I just think that nobody wins from the invocation of the emergencies act and nobody wins from from this inquiry. Very good point. And uh you know, you wish there was another way that we could
0: tighten this all up in a bow and have some kind of accountability, but yeah, who knows? I guess we'll see what the um the trials of the convoy operators. As far as I know, there's was mm-hmm. a little bit of struggle there because they were in in prison for a while without bail or anything. I don't know how that's moving along—that's kind of been um, put under the the headline. So I don't really know the the state of that. That'd be kind of interesting to follow.
1: Yeah, I haven't followed that enough to really know the inner workings. of And we're of like it. pretty um,
0: news, you know, competent, literate people, David. So I can only imagine that. Yeah, well, we try to be. I can only imagine for like the vast majority of people, uh, they have no clue what's going on, and and who knows. But yeah, that's the Freedom Convoy what a time in canada
1: yeah yeah um uh what do, what else you got in the last uh in the last few minutes before the break yeah here? i mean
0: last few minutes before the break we've we've had a couple of things that are moving it's uh, in the states we're going to have our lame duck session so there's going to be a couple of things that they're going to mm-hmm. try to put together um we're keeping an eye out for any kind of tech bill uh, antitrust or something else and there's been a lot of um a lot of rumors lately and it's been pushed by by elon and, and twitter um, focusing on apple and a lot of questions about apple yeah. the app store self-preferencing antitrust stuff thus far apple has not really been a target it's mostly been meta and amazon uh, for a lot of the uh, stores that they have or different things and, and deals that the uh, federal trade commission would like to unwind so there is going to be some focus from the lame duck congress meaning until the new congress um takes their place in early january um, not really sure yep. you know i i thought they were going to legalize cannabis i thought that was supposed to be the focus but now yeah. we want to make sure that uh, you know instagram and uh, you know whatsapp are different companies that's uh, that's the important <laughs> thing for uh, for people in the states
1: not, not yeah it's like you it's, it's especially good when you highlighted that in that way it's like well we know we have to bust up instagram not let thousands of people out of prison who are uh, in prison because of cannabis charges. (laughs) Oh, yeah, God forbid, God forbid. Let's let's establish some priorities here.
0: And uh, there was some movement with TikTok as well, the FCC, or not TikTok specifically, but looking at the Chinese Communist Party and some of the technology, particularly Huawei. Uh, So the FCC has come out very sternly against Huawei and using a lot of these uh, different uh, Chinese tech, uh, particularly hardware Uh, to be used in federal facilities Uh and the like so there's there's going to be some movement there Uh, it's another reminder that we got to get brendan carr um fcc commissioner on the horn to discuss that because there is going to be some movement when it comes to ccp not just federal level uh, but also at the state level in the us and a lot of uh, different people are going to have different approaches and you know i kind of we've gone back and forth david on on what to do with some of these um, entities and in the, or their influence in liberal democracies i don't really know if we have all the answers right now and you know from a consumer choice response it's kind of tough to to figure out what to do there
1: and um yeah it's a complicated one it's i think we'll, that that may have to be our next show and we just devote a whole episode to that and we feature brendan carr because he's obviously far more with it on that subject um as as the professional focuses on it than you are all
0: right cool we'll be back consumer choice radio stay tuned and welcome back to consumer choice radio going towards the at the top of the hour here thank you guys for listening in as always Uh, We are broadcasting both on Saga 960 AM, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, and on the Big Talker Network at the same time, and always available over there on your podcast app. Just search Consumer Choice Radio, and I would uh, recommend any of the more modern podcasting apps, newpodcastapps.com. You can even load it up a little bit of Bitcoin. You can do some value for value. If you find that the content has been entertaining and fun, uh, you can send that our way. Uh, so, David, we covered a couple things in the last segment. Uh, I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to do a little bit of technology. If you're up for it, what do you think?
1: Ooh, yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it.
0: So, well, I got my daughter yelling at me. So, what do you <laughs> think about the? Um, what, what does it mean when I tell you the AI future?
1: Well, there, there's a lot of people who are doom and gloom about this. Um, like Andrew Yang, for example, thinks that it's just going to take over everyone's jobs and we'll have a bunch of people who are unemployed. Um, I don't think that's the case because markets and labor markets change so much. Like if you had told my grandmother in uh, 1955 that the internet would exist and there would be a thing called social media, and someone would get paid a lot of money to manage a corporate brand's social media, right? It would be so far divorced from what you could fathom at the time. And I think people forget that. They think like, oh, well, the jobs we have now are the jobs we have forever. Mm, No. Um, So I don't think that that's the case. Um, I actually fall more on the Elon Musk side of things uh, because he's been asked about this, and he's like, no, I I don't think that we, there's some AI apocalypse upon us.
0: Very smart. Yeah, and it, the apocalypse is it's still very far away. Uh, we will have a big uh, announcement from NeuroLink. Um, one of the 87,000 companies that Elon Musk's uh that he runs and owns and uh, has has some controlling interest in. Um so why I brought it up. So those of you who are hardcore podcast listeners and you've been subscribing to the podcast might notice that we have art That pops up Maybe you see it online maybe you've seen it there in your app and uh what i've been doing the last couple of weeks david is i've been using the ai uh, algorithms to try to create new images every single week and this has been kind of fun it's been a little experiment experiment i've been running
1: okay okay yes i i mean i've seen them some of the uh some of the the art has been quite good um some of the AI, the Dolly stuff that gets generated is hilarious. <laughs> it's just so warped, but...
0: Yes. <laughs> so some of it is Dolly. Some of it is a, it's called a stable diffusion, sort of an open source version. And uh, the main sort of image generator that people are using is um, being is by a company called OpenAI. A fellow named um, Sam Altman, he, uh, I believe, is the chief of that. And they have Dolly, which is what you mentioned before. Um, basically, you just need to go and register on their website, and you can put together a prompt, um, a prompt of whatever you want, and it'll generate an image related to that. So last week, we were talking a little bit about uh, technology. We are talking about hospital and healthcare competition uh, with uh, Emmanuel Foubaix from the Montreal Economic Institute. So I just went over there to the prompt, you know, typed in innovative hospital competition, and uh, it kind of popped out uh, whatever you saw last week. Uh, you can see that over there on ConsumerChoiceRadio.com, uh, but there's a new one that is, I believe, it was just launched this week as well. David from the same company called Chat GPT. Okay. Have you seen some of this being bantied about online? I have
1: not yet. I have not yet. You're going to have to uh, educate me.
0: Oh, this is great. So I, I posted a couple of uh, examples to uh, in our work Slack, uh, but essentially what this is is a uh, an AI bot that you ask questions to and it will respond to you. So for instance, uh, you type in whatever prompt and I asked, what does consumer choice mean? And then it responds, consumer choice is the ability of consumers to choose between different products, services, or providers in a market. It refers to the idea that consumers have the freedom to make decisions about what they buy and from whom they buy it based on their own preferences, needs, and budgets. So that's one.
1: Okay, pretty good.
0: Then I asked another one. Should vaping flavors remain legal? And then it responds, this is the AI-generated computer. All the legality of vaping flavors varies depending on the country and jurisdiction. In some places, flavored e-cigarettes are legal and widely available, while in others they are banned or heavily restricted. There is ongoing debate about the safety and effectiveness of flavored e-cigarettes. Some argue that flavored e-cigarettes can help reduce the appeal of traditional cigarettes, particularly among young people, and can therefore be an effective tool for harm reduction. Others, however, argue that flavored e-cigarettes can be dangerous, especially for young people, and that they encourage nicotine addiction and other negative health effects. So this is essentially a type of Google, but instead of just showing you websites, it spits out answers to your questions, queries, or whatever it might be.
1: Well, that is pretty interesting. That is pretty. The only thing, um, the only thing missing is they, when it said others argue that. Vaping is you know, vape flavors are dangerous. They just needed to add Bloomberg
0: or loonies. Yeah, <laughs> others yeah, <they> being
1: <laughs> being Michael Bloomberg and his organizations and his money arguing that vaping is dangerous. No, um, I mean that's pretty interesting. I like that. That's a a, a healthy, nuanced uh, answer.
0: Yeah, and I think there's been a couple of people who've been using it if. Uh... Yeah, you just put together a search, whatever on on the the Twitter or something. Uh, a lot of people are asking for prompts, you know, about can you help me solve this problem, you know, with some kind of algorithm, or can you help me deduct this? And then uh, the the chat box, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, it looks like my job is done because it's like, hey, create a ten minute, you know, intro for my you know podcast reading, and it spits out a script. Um. Yeah, this is essentially how the entire beginning of uh, <laughs> of uh, Consumer Choice Radio started. But one very good example that I loved is apparently there's a fellow who, uh, he cuts grass. And, um, you know, he's not the most articulate guy. He um, just has, you know, very limited English skills in terms of writing. And uh, there's a business professor who is helping mentor him. And uh, they were using this GP. GPT AI code sensor to try to just spit out a business email. So, for instance, his original text is, Sally, I am starts work at yours Monday from Dave. And the business version says, Dear Sally, I hope this email finds you well. I'm writing to let you know that I will be starting work with you on Monday. I really look forward to getting started. If you have any questions or need any help with anything, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Best wishes, Dave.
1: Not bad. Not bad. That's so nice, I like so this great. iteration
0: of AI. This is really interesting. It is a kind of, if we can go back to the uh, sort of the Canadian um, intellectual Marshall McLuhan, this is the sort of extension of man technology type thing to where we don't need to put in, let's say, 150 watts of effort. We can do five watts and the rest goes to the computer. And that allows us to focus on other things.
1: Yeah. No, that's good. I like that. I mean think about all the different things you can automate um or could potentially automate for efficiencies. Sounds pretty good to me.
0: Yeah, all kinds of uh you know people doing essays, people putting together uh you know just different questions or I uh, don't I don't know. Kind of interesting stuff. Uh we figured uh since we do innovative tech here on the program David, we uh, we'd bring that to the listeners cuz I think this is really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean now you've probably eaten up my entire afternoon. <laughs> just fiddling around
0: uh yeah i think you'll have a good time (laughs) good time yeah it was just uh you just go to openai.com uh you do need an an account but um i I think the last second i checked it it was a bit overloaded because a lot of people were on there but uh, it's totally free to use Uh, there will probably be some open source models that come out very soon all kinds of different stuff so uh, just uh, some fun innovative stuff that's happening of course we're not hooking up wires to people's brains just yet Uh, But but we do see that. Uh, So, David, in in the last segment, we talked a little bit about sort of what some uh, American institutions are uh, prepping against uh, the Chinese Communist Party. Um, A lot of really interesting stuff happening in China right now. The uh, pandemic protests are reaching a new level and uh, many world leaders are praising the brave Chinese for standing up to their government who want to continue with these restrictions.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh, it feels a little Tiananmen Square-esque where um there really is going to be no off ramp for for G other than to really clamp down and when they do that it's obviously very ugly. Um I mean to see people in the streets now I'm just I'm relying on translators. Um so I, uh, when I view these videos, I'm, I understand that there is some level that I cannot necessarily understand. But people openly saying, down with, uh, with Xi King, down with the CCP. Um, I was explaining to this on the flight over to Brussels. Um, this is, in many instances, the the yes it, it is about covid but you're seeing some other themes build up in the protests and you're seeing people protest for things that they haven't necessarily had before um which is very interesting if for anyone who cares about the freedom of of over a billion people which i certainly do um what happens next is a game changer in regards to um how ordinary Chinese people are treated under uh, whatever form of government they have. Um, so it is both exciting and terrifying at the same time, because there are real costs to doing this. Um, and those are often uh, your life in many instances. So it's um, the just the, the, the bravery of it um, is, is certainly commendable.
0: I got to tell you, David, seeing um, protests uh, being organized to demand a change in public policy is uh, it's a bit worrisome. I knew that was coming. I knew uh, that was coming. That's uh, echoing a little bit of the Trudeau there. <laughs> uh, there's a great article that's uh, from uh, Common Sense News. This is the Barry Weiss newsletter, uh, commonsense.news, um, on the ground in Shanghai. A lot of um, interesting reporting being done there. And a quote from the piece is, uh, it's the first time I've seen this in China. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of you have to read that article. There's a lot of interesting stories about the people there and and people very being very open, knowing that they have the scanners, you know, the sensors. They're looking at everybody's faces. Maybe they'll ding your uh, social credit score and won't allow you to get on the train or eat food. Well, just,
1: know, just imagine, imagine, it's the next level, imagine but imagine a world. Uh, so imagine this erupts into like an inverse revolution. Imagine a world with a democratically elected government in China. Just how drastically different that could be. Um, Geopolitically, for the lives of of the billion people who kind of live under this total state surveillance. um, It could be a monumental moment. I mean, and I may be romanticizing and, and overestimating what the end outcome will be. But that's certainly a small percentage um, in terms of likelihood, but it's certainly possible. But imagine how different the world becomes um, in a post-CCP world. It would be totally different, um, and for the better.
2: What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, you know, maybe we'd have a billion more listeners to Consumer Choice Radio. Uh, there'd be a, you know, a billion more people that would be on the open internet. I think that's the greater point, Yeah, is that getting rid of the Chinese firewall has to be numero one. Uh, There are a lot of Chinese users who are using VPNs and Tor and stuff to get around it, but to see that would be incredible.
1: Just think about the unlocking of human creativity that would come from that. It would be to add a billion people into the marketplace of ideas would be incredible.
0: I mean, whatever AI stuff we're talking about now, (laughs) who knows, it's probably like 80 times better um, in the brain of some, uh, some Chinese computer scientist. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, we, oh, it just the, the it, 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 you can't even really conceptualize the difference that would make um, in terms of, like, global progress and more people focusing on tough ideas and not doing so under the thumb of a tyrannical government. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, obviously, support for, for those who are protesting.
0: Absolutely, David. Wow. I think that opens up my mind to a lot, and hopefully the, the same for all of you. So we we'll are closing out here on Consumer Choice Radio. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, be sure to follow along, consumerchoiceradio.com. Talk to you guys next week.